Welcome in to ESPN's Ball on the Real World podcast. My name's Kane Pittman, and we have got a good one for you today. Jack White, former Melbourne United star, now getting the job done over in the NBA on a two-way contract with the Denver Nuggets, took the time to chat with me today, and he is living a wild life right now between the NBA and then going to the G League, but he's doing great things over there. And there's a fascinating chat with Jack. We're going to get to it in just a second, but before we do... Make sure you subscribe to this podcast because not only do you get these special episodes, but you get the weekly Tuesday edition of the NBL podcast with myself and Olga Nulic. We'll break down all the news and everything that's going on in what is so far a pretty wild season of NBL action. Outside of that, all your other stuff you've got covered at ESPN.com.au when it comes to hoops. And make sure you check out The Jump live on ESPN Wednesday nights after the basketball Usually 8.30 p.m., but for this week, for instance, it's going to be 9.30 p.m. because we've got the Brisbane Bullets and the Cairns Taipans. But Andrew Gaze, Leonard Copeland, Nat Edwards, myself, plenty of guests on the show. And quite honestly, we just have an hour of laughs, talking hoops, having fun. It's a silly show. It's a crazy show, but we love it. And we'd love for you to watch us on the jump every Wednesday night on ESPN. But for now, let's waste no more time. Let's get into the chat with Jack White. All right, joining us now, uh, former star with Melbourne United, but now getting the job done over in the US. As he's done previously, we should say, Jack White, always generous with your time with me. Uh, first question, where in the world are you right now? Because you were doing a heck of a lot of travel in your first few months in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, it's been a bit all over the place. Uh, the minute uh, just landed in Iowa today. Um, so I was with the Nuggets and then, yeah, just... Got transferred to the G League today, so traveled to meet the team here in Iowa. We got a couple games here um, over the next two days, and yeah, we actually have a bit of a busy schedule over the next two weeks. We're here, go back to Grand Rapids, to Chicago, and then to Vegas. Um, so it'll be good to travel around and play some games, and, and yeah, it'll be fun. The two-way situation is is fascinating spot to be in, and particularly with the way teams use the G League now. And for someone like yourself, you'll be up and down between the NBA and the G League team. And the Grand Rapids gold is about, I think it's a two-hour flight, but it's around 1,200 miles apart. So a little bit different to how other franchises do it. So uh, how does that process work? When do you typically find out that you're packing your bags and heading to wherever the Grand Rapids team is, or, or what's the process? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, first of all, like Grand Rapids and the Denver affiliations, a little bit of a different setup than what you get with a lot of teams. Like obviously a lot of the affiliate teams in the G League are in the same city um, as the NBA organization, but um, with the Nuggets and uh, and the Gold, uh, obviously a little bit different. So yeah, as you said, two-hour flight away. Uh, the G League's based in Grand Rapids in Michigan. Um, but the cool thing about that is, uh, like, the Gold have their own ownership group and they run their own, um, you know, they take care of the business side on their end and then all the basketball operations are sort of uh, taken care of by the Nuggets. Um, so it's a good setup and probably one of the better run uh, G League teams in the league. Um, so, you know, it's been good. And in terms of the travel and notice, um, it's a bit all over the place. Like I have a bit of a, a schedule guide um, in terms of, you know, what the front office and coaching staff sort of put together as, um, yeah, a guide of, of where I'm going to be. But, um, you know, in my time so far, like it's been a bit all over the place, um, obviously based on injuries and sickness. Obviously, it's winter here. There's a bit of the flu going around and, and guys have been out. So um, was with the team. Um, well, I was with the G League team and it was a game day and I was literally about to take a nap. And I get a call from our team coordinator with the Nuggets and she goes, uh, there's a flight in an hour, you've got 10 minutes to, to pack your bag. Coach <laughs> wants you guys back. 
because um, yeah, like a bunch of guys were getting sick, and me and Peyton, the other guy who was on assignment, yeah, just <laughs> packed up as quick as we could, like got our bags and uh, met the team. Uh, I can't even remember when we met the team. I think it was in Denver. We went back to Denver. Um, but yeah, like stuff like that can just happen where it's you know it's quick. You know, guys get hurt, guys are unavailable, this and that. And yeah, I mean, it's something that you just accept, I guess. Like for me, like kind of the two-way, I knew it was going to be a bit all over the place, but uh, it's been enjoyable so far. Like obviously when, been, when I'm with the Nuggets and um, you're not playing as many minutes, it's such a great tool to be able to go down to the G League and, and play, you know, 30 plus minutes a game. And um, again, like great bunch of guys here with the, with the gold, a lot of guys I played summer league with and mm. um, get along well with. So, you know, either... Even with the Nuggets, which is obviously an unbelievable experience and a great bunch of guys, but even when I'm here as well, I can get in a, a great experience as well and able to play a lot more. So, um, yeah, super fortunate with, I guess, how it's set up for me um, and, I guess, my progression and how I want to break into the league. Um, so, yeah, just trying to take it day by day and focusing on the things I can control because, yeah, at the minute, you're just sort of sitting waiting for a message where you're going to be next sort of thing. Um, but, no, it's all good fun. You've basically been a walking double-double when you've gone to the G League, though. And you mentioned that the minutes in the NBA when you've been up there, a few minutes, mostly towards the end of games. So what's the... Mm. Do you get a message or is there an assignment? Because you mentioned the different ownership. Uh, they obviously work pretty closely together. But what sort of messages? Do the NBA coaches say anything to you when you go down there? Or is it just go down, play basketball and enjoy the the expanded role and the opportunity? Yeah, mainly the latter. Um, I think with especially someone like me, like I'm an older rookie, I'm 25. I mm -hmm. think that they have confidence in the fact that I know how to play. And, um, you know, speaking with Coach Malone and different coaching staff, like they all have confidence in me if I'm out in an NBA court that I'm going to be able to contribute and, and compete and play at a high level. Um, so, yeah, whenever I come down to the G, like it's really, you know, for me, just, I guess, staying sharp, staying in game shape. Um, I'm playing different positions here. Like I've been starting at the five and, which is, which is a different experience, but a good challenge as well. Um, you know, for me, like, I don't really care what position I'm playing, you know, as long as I'm out on the court and able to play, that's all that really matters to me. Um, and it's a good challenge as well. Um, but yeah, it, when, when you're playing the five, it kind of forces you to have to try and snag a double-double um, every game. Um, but yeah, it's been fun. Um, so yeah, just, just staying ready. Um, it's a great tool, obviously, the G League. Um, there's a lot of great players and guys that are trying to, you know, break into the NBA as well and get those call-ups and things like that. So it's a super competitive league. Um, I love our team. Um, you know, obviously we got off to a bit of a slow start, but we're starting to sort of find our stride a little bit, which is good. And um, the group's really coming together lately. Uh, so hopefully I don't mess that up coming in <laughs> pretty abruptly now. It sounds like you're having fun, which is pretty good to hear because uh, I already mentioned the two-way scenario is unique. This is your dream. You've been battling to get to this spot here, but there's probably, I imagine, some uncertainty and some pressure along with it. How have you found that? Or are you able to step away and just enjoy every experience that comes along? Um, I've really just been trying to enjoy it, uh, especially, you know, tearing my Achilles last year and being away from the game for an extended period of time. I'm still sort of, in my mind, like it all feels pretty fresh, the fact that I'm coming back and um, it's only just sort of, well, hasn't even been 12 months since I've made my return to play. So when you think about it like that, like it's pretty <laughs> surreal. And um, I think it's helped me as well. Like obviously there are a lot of things out of my control, a lot of things that, um, you know, aren't perfect about the situation, traveling back and forth, uncertainties, this, that. But I mean, ultimately, man, like I'm living the dream. I get to play basketball for a living, like whether I'm in Denver or with the G League, um, 
you know, I'm in great environments either way to get better. Um, and for me, like my big focus is trying to just break into the league and continue to get better. Um, you know, I want to do national team stuff next year and, and the Olympics the year after. And, um, you know, I'm also focused on, on things like that. So when I have, I guess, that broader perspective of things that I want to achieve and, um, you know, just trying to, you know, tick each box day by day, um, I'm confident that I'm in an environment where I'm going to be able to continue to get better and, you know, hopefully check those goals off. So we'll come back to the J League stuff, but I want to get to NBA now. So first time, and you played some summer league, obviously there's preseason stuff here around the team, but first big show, regular season minutes. I believe it was a national TV game. I think it was the Lakers and you won. Is that, I've got that right, don't I? Man, I can't even remember. It's such a blur. I don't know if I, actually, I remember the game. I didn't get on in that game, uh, but I remember the game. It was at home and yeah, it was, it's, it's just surreal, like seeing these guys like LeBron's in front of you, and you know the Kawhi's, and yeah, like all these guys that you know you grow up obviously watching and idolizing, and um, yeah, it's just surreal how it sort of comes around full circle. And now you know I'm in the same boat as them, competing against them. So um, yeah, it's definitely a surreal experience. What do you do when you only you see so sitting on a bench and you understand that? where the opportunities are potentially going to come from. And as I mentioned, the, the first few games, last couple of minutes of the game, uh, when you get on there though, the, what is it that you, you you try to achieve? Because obviously there has to be some excitement. This is your first moments on an NBA floor. Uh, mm. How do you prepare for that moment or that situation? Uh, I mean, in my mind, like my mind sort of just goes crazy sometimes. Um, <laughs> like obviously it's an exciting time for me and my career to be able to be in this position and um it's even crazier like when you get those opportunities right at the end of the game when you're sitting down for two hours and then all of a sudden it's zero <laughs> to 100 and you know you're trying to go out there and, and show that you belong um so for me like like i feel like i've got the reputation on our team at least as, as being a really good shooter but like when you haven't touched the ball in two hours like i'm not coming in just looking to launch because i just don't have that feeling yet um so it's just things like that. Like I'll come into the game and I'm really just trying to focus on defense, energy, rebound, and just sort of ticking those boxes early. And then when there's, when there's those opportunities to be aggressive and assertive on offense, you know, I'll take them when they come. But um, like for me, I feel like I can impact the game in so many ways other than just scoring. And um, a lot of that's things that are in my control with my talk and energy and activity. Um, so I really try and focus on those things. And I think when I do that, it takes a lot of the pressure off of like, oh man, like I need to score. So... <laughs> I think it was good for me to like finally get that, you know, that first bucket out of the way. Like I felt like everyone was worried about it, but me. So it was good to just sort of shut out that noise. Um, yeah. Hopefully uh, many more to come. So I wanted to bring that up specifically. So it's against the Pelicans and it was a move that we've seen a million times when you were playing for United ball on the floor. There's a nice lefty finish and you're losing that game though. And I, I was looking at your reaction because I feel like, if it's me or most people, they want to smile or this is like a, it feels yeah. like it's a big milestone. So what uh, did you feel inside? Because it is, I'm sure a moment that regardless of how much pressure you had on yourself, something you'll remember forever. Yeah. It was something that I didn't, I guess, really appreciate till afterwards. And, you know, like the boys got the ball, like the game ball for me. So yeah. I snuck that out of there and, and like, that'll be something that I'll keep with me forever. And, you know, definitely a really cool keepsake. Um, yeah, like I watched the clip back and afterwards, like I'm just sort of stone faced. I just yeah. looked kind of annoyed. Um, and it was, yeah, like obviously we were losing the game and, and like 
man, like for me, like I, was, I couldn't really care less about like my individual stats or achievements or anything like that. Like as long as I feel like I'm contributing to, to winning, that's all that matters for me. Like after the game, like I'm looking at the box score and I'm like, look, man, like what was my plus minus? Like did we win those last two minutes? Like I think that as well, like makes me appreciate, you know, those minutes I get at the end of the game, like just valuing it. Because I mean, so many guys would be easy to just sort of roll in and, you know, you just sort of let the time tick down. But um, for guys in my position, you know, like that's your opportunity and, and you need to take it um, with the right attitude and because um, you never know who's watching. Like obviously I love the Nuggets. Like I want to be here in this organization, but there are so many eyes around you, um, so many eyes on you from around the league and everyone's always watching. So, you know, with that in mind, I really just try to approach it the right way as if I'd be playing, you know, 30 minutes a game or whatever it is, just trying to be a professional. And I think, um, you know, it just all goes back to, you know, understanding what's in your control um, and like understanding like, look, sometimes, sometimes I'm not going to play, but, you know, you got to get into the habit of approaching each game. Like you're going to play a lot and be ready because then when your opportunity comes, you know, you're going to be ready to take it um, in open arms. So just trying to, embrace that mindset is as difficult as it can be at times because obviously you know i'm inactive some games i'm not going to play some games even if i am suited up um so it's definitely a mental battle and it's not easy but you know that's what it is i have a great opportunity here to you know sort of put my foot in the door and live out my childhood dream and a lot of people's dreams so definitely something i can't take for granted and um you know i feel like this is only the beginning for me so i just got to keep going uh, so you mentioned playing uh, or being in the same building and playing against LeBron and AD and all these guys. But I caught up with Ariel Hook-Porty, an old teammate of yours uh, a few weeks back who we can get into uh, what he's going through. But I asked him whether he'd heard from you. He said, obviously, you've been in contact. And I love Ariel because he can't really hide his emotions and he smiles and he gets excited about little <laughs> things. And he was telling me that... He cannot at all. And he was telling me that he was like asking you and getting so excited about asking you about what's it like to sit next to Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray and all these guys. What is that like? I mean, at the end of the day, like the coolest thing about it and like especially with our group is that like all these guys are just regular good dudes. Like yeah. to me, like obviously I'm a two-way, like I'm back and forth between being with them and, and the G. Um, but I mean, just like, I guess how these guys treat me when they don't have to in, in my eyes, like it's just such a great, uh, camaraderie within the group and you know when your best player is Jokic and like he doesn't care about himself or his accolades and he just wants to win and, and play team basketball like that rubs off on everyone like same with Jamal like he just wants to win he's been hurt he wants to win a championship like guys understand that like this is sort of the the opportunity for the group like you know we had two three four years like Jokic is 27 Jamal is 25 like Mike's healthy AG like Jeff like, I mean, we got guys everywhere that are sort of, um, you know, ticking boxes in, sort of, in terms of, you know, what you'd want to see in a, a championship group potentially. Um, so I think for us, like, that's been the focus of the group. And, um, yeah, you need it to be that way. You need to have a close-knit group because it's a long season. You know, things aren't always going to go your way. But when you have that, I guess, sort of base connection with everyone and um, everyone's on the same page about what we want to achieve. Like it's so much easier to just move on to the next thing when, when things aren't going your way. The general facilities at the NBA level and listen, Hoop City, by the way, here in Melbourne is a fantastic facility and uh, right up there with oh, the yeah. best of the best in the NBL. But certainly in the NBA venues and the practice facilities that I've been fortunate enough to be in, it is 
it, it is an eye-opening experience. What have you found uh, from the Denver uh, organization in general as you're working through, whether it's workouts, practice, rehab, all these types of things? Yeah, I mean, it's just professional. Everything's organized. You know, whenever we have shoot-around or practice, we have like play development time, strength conditioning times. You're getting treatment. You're doing things in the community. Like you're always sort of doing some um, traveling, you know, like it's, it's pretty nonstop. Um, but I mean, like that's, I guess the best way to do it. Like you don't really want to just be in practice and sort of like laying around your apartment doing nothing. Like it's good to get connected in the community. And like, especially for someone like me, like I haven't spent a whole lot of time in Denver before I'm living on my own. Like it's good to go out and like spend time with my teammates doing different things, meeting new people, getting involved and, and yeah, obviously like continuing to get better as a player. Um, yeah, like the the professionalism, the facilities, everything we have access to is um, second to none. Um, so yeah, definitely just trying to take advantage of all these resources around me: coaches, massage, physio, trainers, strength and conditioning. Like all the boxes are ticked in terms of you know what you have at your disposal. So as someone that's you know, as I said, you know, I have these goals that I want to achieve. Like it's it's a dream sort of uh, situation for me for what I have access to. Uh, the altitude, how much impact has that had on you as an athlete? Because I know it can knock people around just simply traveling and walking around the streets. So uh, how mm. real is that? Oh, it's real. Um, and like, I guess for me, like I pride myself on keeping myself in good nick. But, you know, you go on the road for four days, you come back, you walk up a flight of steps and man, like there's just nothing <laughs> you can do. Like you are just out of breath and I have these thoughts to myself like, man, like, am I in good shape? Like <laughs> what's going on? um but like that's that's the thing about it like it just it hits you and it it hits everyone different like people i've spoken to like struggle to sleep with it when they first get in or like they get real congested or things like that um yeah it's just one of those things it's it's definitely a competitive advantage once when we're in town for an extended period of time and teams come in and we're used to it and they're just huffing and puffing but um yeah it's just something that again um some that's not really in your control like you just got to go with the flow and um, adjust to it as best you can and even for us like you know we live in a majority of the year but um, it still is sort of a roller coaster in terms of the effect it has on your body so you sort of got to ride that wave and um, and yeah make the most of the situation Uh, so just back to Ariel so obviously you've got a lot on your plate right now but as you see that from a distance and you understand exactly what he's about to face in a, and in, also in a similar point in what you're trying to achieve in your, in your basketball career, uh, you did reach out to him or are you in contact regularly or uh, how do you try and keep or help to keep his spirits high from so far away? Yeah. I mean, we're in contact a lot, like <clears throat> obviously just social media, FaceTime, that sort of thing. Um, and like obviously like regardless of him tearing his Achilles, we just had a great relationship as it was. Like right. you mentioned it earlier, like he's just a great, kid and i mean i, I look at him as you know, like a, a big kid you know he's still only like 20 years old he's still sort of scratching the surface and that's hopefully can give him i don't know some encouragement in this obviously adversity he's facing and you know seeing me come out the other side of it and less than 12 months you know after i'm coming back playing like i'm in the nba and, and things like that and i have no doubt that he's going to be able to do a similar thing and especially as well like our medical staff just coming off getting me back uh in really good time like nine months and um you know obviously a terrible situation for ariel but like it's good that he knows he's going to be in good care um 
tough as well. Like obviously living away from home on the other side of the world from his family in Germany. And, um, you know, I know Melbourne United is going to do a great job. It's definitely like a big family culture um, within the group and the organization. So I think that's going to help him, you know, being good spirits, but he's had questions for me. Like he was freaking out one time because it was hurting after the surgery. I'm like, man, like it's going to hurt for like two weeks. <laughs> just try and keep your leg up. Um, so just stuff like that where, you know, it's good that, I'm able to just get back to him quickly about like little concerns he might have. And, um, you know, I'd like to think obviously he trusts me and feels good about talking to me about anything he has concerns with or questions with about it or anything. And you know, obviously I've, I'm confident that he knows that, um, you know, I'm more than happy to help him in, in whatever capacity I can. Um, Cause yeah, man, great teammate, great person has a super bright future ahead of him. And, um, you know, obviously he's been through some adversity already, like broke his leg and now the Achilles. So, I've no doubt, you know, it'll just be a great story for him once he comes out the other side of it and can actually get some good, a good amount of time being healthy. Um, it's going to be scary. Uh, you mentioned the Boomers a, a little earlier, and I think when you were back in Melbourne with these qualifiers, we had a chance to 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 quickly speak. So clear, it's clear that you have intentions to play for Australia moving forward. Have you bumped in your travels, bumped into any of the any of the guys on the road yet? There's uh, there's a lot of you over there right now. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, definitely at the forefront of my mind. Um, there's nothing better that I've experienced in my basketball career than putting on the green and gold. And something I have a lot of pride in. And um, as you said, you know, those Melbourne games were something super special for me in my first like senior national team experience to have that in front of friends and family and, and like play it at John Kane. Um, obviously, just a dream come true for me. Um, so yeah, something I definitely want to continue to do as much as I can. And yeah, I've been fortunate to, to cross paths with a few of the boys. Like saw Josh pretty early with OKC, uh, for Josh Green with Dallas recently, uh, uh, caught up with a bunch of the guys when we were in summer league, uh, cause everyone was there, but, um, yeah, seen Jock when we played Phoenix. I mean, like, yeah, guys are all over the place. So, um, we actually have our Christmas day game against Phoenix. So it'll be cool to see Jock during, uh, during Christmas. And like, we have the same agent. So it'll be a good little, I guess, Christmas get together for, um, for our little group. Um, but yeah, there's, there's blokes all over the place. So it's been good to connect. And like you mentioned before, like New Orleans seeing uh, Dyson. Um, yeah, just super proud of him and how far he's come. Like I've, I remember seeing him as a like 12, 13 year old kid at Bendigo Stadium back in the day when I was still a junior. And um, for us both to be on an NBA court together is, is pretty cool as, as country big kids. So no, it's been surreal. Uh, that's a Western Conference game. Is that that without knowing the schedule off the top of my head, that would be a later game, right? Is there any plans for a post-Christmas dinner or something like that with Jock? How would that fit? Yeah, oh, our game our game will probably be at seven or eight. I mean, I'm not yeah. sure I haven't looked. Um, yeah, there's probably a prospect there for, for a late dinner. or It's probably the only option we got, to be honest. So we'll have to try and make it work. <laughs> Uh, what about Tyrese Proctor? Last time I asked you, you said that he he obviously hadn't even gone over there yet, but he spent some time with the with the Boomers as well through those World uh, Cup qualifiers. But naturally, I'm sure you keep an eye on what uh, Duke is doing throughout the season. So, uh, yep. are you in contact with him, or or is there any relationship that's built there? Yeah, um, I mean, we sort of hit it off from day one once we connected in Melbourne for those uh, World Cup qualifiers, and that was. You know, I, at that point, he'd already committed to Duke and everything, and um, I'd been in contact with him, but I'd never been able to cross paths with him. Um, so it was cool for me to, you know, obviously be his teammate, but get to know him as a as a person and as a player. And yeah, like special special 
still play our special special guy and super excited for him. We're actually just messaging um, over the last couple of days. Um, you know, the boys had a good win in, in MSG against Iowa and, um, you know, I've been keeping up with obviously the team, but particularly with how he's been going. Um, and yeah, he said like he feels he feels like he's really starting to find his feet, which is which is a positive thing. But yeah, I was told him like, look, man, like especially as a freshman, like look, just keep your head up, keep being aggressive, play your game. Like he has nothing to worry about. Like he's he's fit for I guess the stage that he's on. And um, yeah, like it's never going to be perfect, but yeah, just got to keep going, and good things will happen for him. I was asked about this earlier in terms of projecting ahead to the World Cup and the Boomers. So you're a bit younger than me. That's okay to accept but when we talk about the boomers and the teams that they've had in the past it's just been automatic that if you're in the nba you, we know you'll be in the boomer squad because uh, there was only a handful of guys or whatever it might be but this year projecting ahead to the world cup and the olympics with the number of guys that are over there plus the high level players you've got in europe with dante and here obviously in australia do you sit back mm. and look at that and it, does it uh, amaze you or do you think about the depth of Australian basketball right now as incredible as it seems to an outsider like myself? Yeah. Well, yeah, first off, man, it's, it's just a credit to the progression of the sport in Australia. Um, I think obviously like, like the NBL and its rise in, in competition and as a pathway has been really good in sort of projecting Australian basketball to the world um, and putting a lot more eyes on it. Um, but yeah, I think it's super exciting. Like obviously we're at a great time. Uh, I think we just got put up ranked third in the, the FIBA rankings, I think for men. Um, and yeah, we've been hovering around that mark for a while. So it's obviously an exciting time with, you know, us getting the first Olympic medal last year for the men's program. And, um, uh, I feel like the trajectory of the group is, um, is really promising and something that obviously I really want to be a part of, uh, being an Olympian and representing Australia at Olympic games has been I guess number one on the on the bucket list on the on the goal list since since I was a young kid. So um, yeah, it's definitely going to be a competitive team to to get in. But you know you wouldn't want it any other way. Um, and again, credit to um, you know the pathways the guys putting in the work and all the guys all over the world in Europe and the NBA and in Australia, uh, in Japan as well. A lot of good guys hooping over there as well. Like it's just super exciting, good to see so many different Aussies around the world having good success. A couple to wrap this up. I know you're a busy man. I have to ask you about the name of a teammate of yours in the G League because I was hanging out with Mason Peatling a couple of days ago. We were filming something that was a 2K23 challenge and he was playing PlayStation against different NBL players. It was a bit of fun. But he was referencing the time in the gym and he just said that you would uh, put anyone away in the Melbourne United locker room when it came to lifting weights. But you've got a teammate on the Grand Rapids goal that I remember seeing in Summer League, Adonis Arms. Is this one of the the great names in the history of sports? It's up there. He's uh, he's my guy. <laughs> I, I love Adonis. Like, he's such a, a good, energetic dude, great player. Um, yeah, it's definitely a top-tier name. Uh, tough to beat, for sure. I'm glad Mason sort of caught on to that. That's something Mason would appreciate. <laughs> uh, last one for you, Operation Warm. Can you tell us a little bit about this? I saw it on social media this morning. Yeah. Um, so Operation Warm is a, a great cause. Um, you know, so I just put up a post today about it, um, trying to fundraise $2,500. And each $25 uh, goes towards getting a coat uh, for kids in the Grand Rapids area, obviously in Michigan. I don't know how 
more people know Michigan in their winters, but it, it's pretty full on and, you know, snow, um, you know, negative degree weather, uh, it's, it's pretty full on. So, um, you know, a big shout out to Sammy, my agent and everyone at, at SIG for um, helping me get this going. And, you know, I think it's a great cause, obviously $25, each $25 donation um, gets a jacket to a kid in need. And, um, you know, obviously we're, we're trying to get um, 100 jackets uh, in total. Um, but, you know, if we can surpass that, that would obviously be amazing. But, um, yeah, just another thing, you know, understanding the platform that I have and the opportunity I have to make a difference, um, you know, whether I'm in Denver or in Grand Rapids. Um, so really just trying to make the most of these opportunities and, and the fact that, you know, I have – yeah, the opportunity to, to make a difference in, in the community. And, um, and yeah, shout out to everyone that's, that's donated and been a part of it so far. So really looking forward to seeing how that progresses and, you know, uh, a good difference that I can make. Yeah, love it. Can we do that from Australia or is that, is that a US thing? No, you can donate. Um, one of my mates uh, was donating and I think he was having a bit of trouble with it with like an Australian card, but I think PayPal works. Uh, yep. um, I haven't looked into it too much, but... Um, yeah, if you have PayPal, it should work. I donated using my PayPal, so um, yeah, hopefully it works from overseas in Australia or, or wherever you are. Love it. Jack, you're a star. We appreciate the time here. Uh, as I said, you're in between travel. You're getting ready to play. Um, so we really appreciate the time as always. You're, you're very generous with me. No, too easy, mate. Appreciate you having me on and hope you're enjoying the warm weather over there. <laughs>